You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kamajis, a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice. I have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear, overwhelm, and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams. My goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner. If you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill while also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Raised to Empower podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at something that many of us struggle with in our private practice, and that's setting and establishing and keeping boundaries in our business. Now, if you're listening to this and you are in private practice, you have worked in mental health. I'm making that assumption, but most likely you have worked in mental health. And so you already know or have some context around boundary setting. We learn it in grad school. We learn that it's important for us in maintaining ethics and a variety of different things in the work that we do. So again, just as a practitioner, you know the importance of boundaries for a variety of reasons. We teach our clients about boundary setting in their personal lives. You know, it may be in relation to family or their work, but we help our clients to do that. And we ourselves may practice boundary setting in our own personal life as well. But many of us struggle with setting and keeping boundaries in our business. Now, I'm not talking about when it comes to ethics or kind of professional boundaries around things like self-disclosure or dual relationships or accepting gifts, like all the things that our ethics hones in on and kind of hammers in us about having boundaries. I don't see us as struggling with those. In fact, I think we oftentimes have very rigid boundaries around that. And I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, but I'm talking more in this episode about boundaries within the actual business part of our practice. And I'm going to go into more detail about what I mean with that shortly, but setting and maintaining boundaries is going to be crucial for our own well-being. Again, it's really important for us in our lives. Boundaries help us maintain healthy relationships And boundaries also help us to care for ourselves by determining what we will or won't accept from someone else, whether this is in a personal relationship or professional relationship. You know, boundaries are the limits that we set in various areas of our lives. And we need to remind ourselves that it helps us to protect ourselves, right? Our boundaries keep us protected physically, emotionally, and mentally. We define these limits. And these determine what we say is acceptable for ourselves or unacceptable, things that we are not willing to accept from others for ourselves. If you're a mom, we set boundaries with our kids, right? We tell them, it's okay for you to be angry, but it's not okay to hit me. We set boundaries with our extended family. You're welcome to visit, but you cannot show up unannounced. Or we physically live somewhere else to create an actual physical boundary from somebody in our life. 
we set boundaries in our romantic relationships, what we are willing to accept and not accept from someone. So as you know, boundaries can be physical, they can be emotional, interpersonal. And again, all of this is about protecting us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And so as you know, in our personal life, boundaries are crucial for maintaining healthy relationships and also for self-care. But the same is true when it comes to our business. Just as in a personal relationship, having a boundary established, it helps to create this kind of mutual level of respect or trust or even understanding between two people. And without that clear established boundary, there may be resentment that can happen between two individuals. There can even be burnout in relationships or emotional exhaustion that can happen in a personal relationship. And so boundaries are crucial for our mental and physical health in our personal life, but they also are just as crucial in our business. Just as these boundaries in our personal life are a way for us to practice self-care and to know what we need or don't need from other people, the same is true that they are a way of us being able to practice self-care in our business. So how does this translate into our business? So setting these boundaries professionally really serves two purposes. It protects our mental health and it also establishes clarity in the relationships that we have with our clients. It allows us to protect our, our space and help communicate to clients what they can expect from us, right? So this is something that is beneficial to us, but also to our clients. And I think it's important for us to remember that when we may find ourselves feeling um, a little, maybe, I don't know if disjointed is the right word, but maybe a little prickly or fearful about setting a boundary with a client. But it's important for us to do because, again, it helps them and it protects us. When we own a business, we have to think about what do we want that to look like? What do we want this to be in our life? And so by establishing limits on things like hours that were available, the hours that we will work in and on our business, our responsibility and our commitments – to other people, whether that's employees or contractors or our clients, by having clarity on that, we can create space for rest, relaxation, and activities that really help us to take care of ourselves physically and mentally. And it creates clear places where things can exist and not exist. You know, one of the reasons people go into private practice, and especially so many of us that are moms, is to have a better balance of work and personal family life. You get to set your own hours. You get to see the types of clients you prefer. It gives you a better balance and a better alignment with your needs. However, many of us, myself included, have at times built practices that we may eventually find ourselves getting burned out from just in the same way that we were when we were in agency work, right? We left that work and went into private practice because we wanted to have this freedom. 
we wanted to have this better alignment for ourselves. But yet we almost find ourselves creating the same kind of situation in our own practice. But why? It's because we've built the same model we left. We're now doing it on our own. We have less support than maybe we even had in this other agency. And why have we created this same model? Because we've not set boundaries in our business. Just like it is important for us to have boundaries personally and relationally, setting boundaries in our business is vital and it's a form of self-care and it is essential to protecting ourselves financially, mentally, and emotionally. One of the things that I a lot of times see from other clinicians when they're feeling some kind of burnout with their practice, and I personally have experienced this myself at times too, oftentimes there's some kind of resentment that is happening with the clients that we're working with or with even maybe an agency, i.e. an insurance company that we are working with that resentment begins to build. And why? Why do we begin feeling resentment? Why do we begin having this burnout? It's because boundaries have been crossed or violated. And this may be a boundary that we've clearly established or that in our mind we have, but maybe we've not communicated. We begin this feeling of, I can't believe this person's not honoring my boundary. And that resentment builds. We feel disrespected, especially if that boundary is, you know, repeatedly ignored or crossed over, you know, multiple times, the relationship we have with that client begins to kind of get strained. The, the bridge begins to sway. It's not as sturdy as it was before. We feel like our need in our practice, this boundary is not being honored. And so It builds that frustration, that sense of kind of injustice almost, and it can create a really difficult relationship for us to have with our clients and with our business in general. But when we are able to clearly communicate our boundaries effectively to ourselves and then to our clients we can really avoid that misunderstanding. We can minimize conflicts and hopefully really mitigate potential resentment that may build. And so when we're thinking about setting boundaries in our business with clients, there are a variety of different types of boundaries we we need to think about. There's multiple areas, multiple ways that we can set and maintain boundaries in our business. So I'm going to just kind of go over a few to kind of help you think about where are you clearly defining boundaries for yourself and then how are you communicating those to your client? And in establishing those boundaries, how is it helping you to take care of yourself better? Or where is it creating a struggle for you? Either it's not being communicated or it's not being honored by your client. So one of the areas that we definitely want to think about with boundary setting is clearly communicating and defining like what is the length of a therapy session? 
And I know this may sound kind of silly, but there are many of us who like at some point, I think every single one of us has had a session where we're like, okay, I really need to wrap it up because I have another client coming or I need to have time to do my notes or I need to use the bathroom before the next client. And maybe the client is just continuing to go into something and we're having a really hard time wrapping the session up. And that can happen for a variety of reasons. But if we have that consistently happen over and over, maybe with a specific or multiple specific clients, it can get really frustrating for us. So being able to clearly define what is the duration of the therapy session? What is the length that we're going to meet? When will you start wrapping up the session so that way it's not on the the client to end it. Being able to clearly communicate that and define that for the client can really help manage the expectations around that time in therapy, not only for you, but also for the client. Setting a specific session length ensures that the client is going to receive the care that they need, but it also helps you then to be able to maintain that kind of structure. And really setting and establishing this boundary can begin during that initial consult, letting clients know how long sessions are, reminding them in that first appointment. One of the ways that I do that is usually in that first appointment, I'll let them know, you know, we've mentioned this on the phone when we've had our consult, but I'll tell them and remind them that sessions are about 55 minutes long. And so usually around a quarter till I'll start to kind of remind us that we have, you know, just a a few more minutes left, just as a reminder that we don't want to kind of unpack something, um, you know, too intense before the session wraps up and that we're going to also make sure that we have enough time to kind of review things and talk about, you know, the plans for the next session and scheduling. So, you know, reminding them that in that at consult, but then especially at that first appointment. And if you get good at being able to kind of maybe put that reminder in each session of, okay, we only have a few minutes left that can help kind of create that routine for the client, help them to know, okay, I only have this amount of time left. And I know, you know, Ashley's going to remind me of that next time too. And for them to just be aware of that time that, that they have with you. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice real-life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug-and-send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. One of the other areas that can be really important for having some kind of boundary is when it comes to scheduling appointments with you. 
it helps you to know what to expect with your caseload, but also for clients to know when and how can I make sure that I have an appointment set up with you. This is going to be different for everybody of what works for you for scheduling. For some people, they like to have clients have the option to kind of self-schedule through their website or through their EHR. Others prefer clients to schedule in session. You know, I like to have clients have kind of standing appointment times. And we talk about that usually at that initial consult of kind of this is what I have open. And, you know, we review every session. Does next week at the same time work for you? Whatever your desire is, whatever your system is for scheduling is fine. What's most important is just to make it clear to your clients how scheduling works so that you're not having to kind of constantly adjust your system to accommodate specific clients. It's one system for everybody. This is how it works. So, you know, thinking about this boundary, it's not just a matter of this is how I schedule, but there's other parts to it as well. Things like what is the time frame within which they can reschedule? Do you have, you know, a certain amount of time that they can cancel an appointment and it's not considered a late cancel? How do they contact you if they need to schedule or reschedule the appointment outside of their, you know, sitting in session with you? If they have to cancel last minute, what does that look like? Are there financial um, impacts to that, that, you know, the client may have to consider. These are all things that are really important for you to identify for yourself so that you can communicate it to them and that it is clear for them what this looks like in them working with you. And one other boundary that you may want to consider too is, you know, if someone continues to late cancel or to, cancel, you know, maybe it's not a late cancel, but they continue to cancel an appointment that is like right before that late cancellation time, or that they've been holding a, you know, kind of standing appointment time. Do you have a certain amount of times that they can do that and that they have to then give that spot up so that somebody else can have that if they're not going to maintain that? Again, just things to think about so that you're not getting frustrated when, you know, what you may not have identified as a boundary, or maybe you have identified as a boundary, but not communicated it clearly when those things are being pushed back against or broken. Communication and how we communicate, kind of what our, you know, maybe communication protocols or systems are, those are really important for us to communicate and help maintain really clear boundaries with our clients. You may want to establish and communicate, you know, kind of guidelines for when clients can contact you and how they can contact you outside of their appointment time with you. You know, the communication boundaries are so vital in private practice, especially if you are solo. If you don't have an answering service or if you don't have somebody that is taking you know, scheduling appointment calls for you or emergency calls, that kind of thing. It's really important that we have clarity in what does it look like for a client to contact us outside of their session. There are many times where a client will want to contact us during a time that we aren't available. And is that okay? Do you take calls 
you know, after hours? And if not, how are you communicating that to the client? We need to be very clear with ourselves and then in communicating to clients what the expectation is, should they have a need to communicate with us outside of that time? And if there are specific times that you're available or not available, how should they communicate? Should they text you? Should they call you? Should they use the patient portal in your EHR? When should they expect to hear back from us? Is it something where we're willing to answer in the middle of the night? Or are there only certain circumstances that they should contact us, you know, at an emergency? Or is it just for scheduling purposes? or for clinical concerns, where should they send those kinds of communications? These are things that you definitely want to think about for yourself and have very clear understanding of what you think that boundary needs to be so that you can then really communicate that well to clients so that they're not left feeling frustrating with, you know, I reached out to you, I sent you an email or I left you a voicemail and I didn't hear back from you. Well, if it has been communicated clearly that either that was not an appropriate time to call me or not an appropriate way to reach out to me, then you can remind them of that boundary. But if you're not clear on that for them, then that's going to be hard for them to know, like, where is that line? Where, where can they cross it or have they crossed it? Because they don't really know where it is. Now, one of the biggest boundaries that I think so many of us struggle with in our practice, including myself, like I am preaching to the choir with this, But one of the biggest boundaries that I know many of us struggle with is the finances and the financial boundaries in our practice. Many, many, many of us therapists have a really complicated relationship with money. Money makes us uncomfortable. And I don't see this just in therapists. Money is like, again, it's one of those topics you know, we're taught is taboo. It makes us uncomfortable. I'm not saying that it is, but we all have our own money story and that impacts how we feel about money and how we feel about and talking with clients about money. But when we don't have clear financial boundaries, i.e., you know, financial policies, then it creates space for clients to not fulfill their financial obligations and it can lead to burnout and resentment on our part. And I think this is one of those areas that maybe even more so than say communication or scheduling, you know, what this boundary is crossed can create some of the biggest resentment and the, the deepest burnout because We can say we do this simply because we have a big heart and we want to help people. But the truth is we're doing this because we need to make money. And this is just the the way that we want to, to earn a living is by helping people as a therapist, but we can't do it at our own financial expense. Clearly outlining payment policies, you know, including, you know, what are the ways that you accept payment or billing procedures, cancellation fees having very clear policies around all of these things really helps to minimize misunderstandings or disputes or confusion. We need to have these written in our policies and we need to talk with clients about them in the first session. And then I really like to do it yearly as well. Just a reminder, this is what my financial policy is. And I talk about it um, usually at the end of each year 
and then have them review that policy and sign it again, just as another consent each year. And so having written policies in place really helps ensure transparency and accountability in financial transactions. It helps you to, to let them know this is what you can expect from me and then lets the client know this is what is expected of them. And so that also then goes into, you know, our fee structures, being able to let clients know this is what my fee is and I'm charging this amount, but this is what you can expect from me. You can expect that we're going to meet weekly or we're going to, you know, have specific goals or use this specific type of treatment modality Sessions are this long and this is how much it's going to cost. This is what I expect from you and this is what you can expect from me. So being able to have clarity for them around that is really important. Making clear to them, when is payment due? Do you keep a card on file that you charge? Do you allow them to pay after sessions? What happens if they don't pay? When do you charge no-show and late fees? These are all really important things for you to have real clarity for yourself around so that it's much easier for you to communicate those boundaries to your clients. I understand how uncomfortable it can be to talk about money with clients, but communicating financial expectations up front from the get-go, including fees for missed appointments or the amount of insurance coverage that they have for your sessions. Those conversations really help to prevent financial conflicts between you and the client and helps to really build trust between you. You're educating the clients about the cost of therapy and how they can pay for it and really allows them to make an informed decision about their care. These are conversations we need to begin to have upfront from the first time we interact with a client. And what I see so often amongst colleagues is that we get frustrated with our situation. Either we're not making enough money or we're getting frustrated because clients are wanting more from us in some way. Maybe they're not respecting our time boundary and so our sessions are going over, but we're not getting paid for it. Or we haven't really clearly you know, communicated what is our no-show or our late cancellation policy. And then we get pushback from the client when we charge that, or we are worried or fearful about charging that. And so when we as the therapist haven't clearly identified for ourselves what the boundary is, and then the client does whatever the thing is that we're, you know, feeling frustrated about that, that boundary being pushed on, we then begin to feel resentful or burned out. Having these clear boundaries for our business creates a clear expectation for ourselves and for our clients. And it really helps to develop a better working relationship between us. There's less room for a boundary to be crossed by a client when the boundary is clearly stated and established, and you are able to hold yourself to that boundary. So I want you to think about where are you feeling in your practice either burnout or frustration or resentment? Are you feeling this in your practice at all? And if you are, what are the places that that is showing up for you? Those areas may be where you need to examine 
what are your boundaries? Do you have any in those areas? Or are there ones that you've not been necessarily communicating clearly to a client? Maybe you have this idea of this boundary, but it's not being shared. You then are getting pushed back from the client, or maybe you have communicated this boundary, but you're not holding the client to that boundary. So I want you, like I said, to think about where are the areas that you need to examine these boundaries. And once you have clarity on those boundaries, it's really important to communicate to clients what that boundary is. We communicate this via conversation and in our policies. And I recognize and I understand these conversations can feel really uncomfortable, especially if we've never had to do it before, or maybe we have you know, stated a boundary before, but we've had a very loose or flexible boundary, but we're wanting to firm them up. It may feel really uncomfortable to feel like we have to go to our clients and tell them, hey, I know things have been going this way, but I need to change things up. If we are someone who tends to avoid conflict, that can be really, really hard for us. But continuing to not hold on to these boundaries or not make them firmer, not stick to them can really, it's going to, in the long run, make it a lot harder for us to feel good about our business because resentment is going to build and burnout is going to creep up just like it did in those jobs that we left to be able to now work in a practice that we love and that works for us. So I want to ask you to consider where do you currently need to adjust your boundaries in your business? Are there new ones you need to create or ones that you need to strengthen and firm up? And how do you then intend to communicate these with your clients? This can feel scary, but remember that this is one way to help you get closer to having a practice that you love and that aligns with your needs. It is worth the work. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode, and I'd love to have you join me here next week as it is going to be our one-year celebration episode of this podcast. It is hard to believe that we have made it a year, and so I'm going to be spending that episode kind of reflecting on what has the journey of this past year been for this show and in my business and kind of what I am looking forward to and hoping for in this next year with the show and with my private practice and my business. So thank you again for being here today. And I hope that you will join me next week for that special episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.